1: What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Oh, it's going to be a delicious happy hour, but you know what will make it more perfect? It's a little something, something, something from OmahaSteaks.com. What? Yum. Home. Ah. It's not just my favorite restaurant. It's my only restaurant in COVID lockdown. And you got to, I'm telling you, Omaha Steaks, I get my fish, my seafood, you name it. Omaha Steaks, it's the aging process. Like me, Chris. Mm -hmm. They just get better and better and better. If you say so. Yes, OmahaSteaks.com, Butcher's Best Sellers Package. You want me to tell you what you get? You type voices in that search bar, you save over 50%, and you secure exclusive pricing. You get 4 Iconic fork tender butchers cut filet mignons, four bu- burgers, four savory pork chops, four kielbasa, four caramel apple tartlets, and then they throw in four premium chicken breasts and four more burgers for free.
0: Uh,
1: oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm screaming and spitting. It's just okay. I just I do start to my <laughs> mouth waters when I talk about omahasteaks.com. Yeah. Type voices in that search bar. Get that butcher's bestsellers package. 50% off. It lies safely at your door. OMG. The company has been bringing together people for over a hundred years that not the same people necessarily omahastakes.com right. type voices in the search bar and now on with the shoe. Mm, 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 mm. oh god happy happy hour Ooh. drink up man i'm getting i'm getting vaccinated this week and i'm uh, 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 uh. what's that chris it's me drinking salty maggot tears it's it's <coughs> Gatesgate. it's gates yes. uh, gates <laughs> underwater gate or whatever you want to call Hello. it Oh God, <laughs> Matt Gates is just so good. Oh God, oh he's oh, lapping God. up the scandal and the, just just awfulness and the implosion of the entire Republican Party. Oh God, oh, it's awesome. so good. Yay! We got we got to. Well, Bar McQuaid is our uh, adult supervision for the Gates scandal, you know, because I suppose you should really talk about well, like what's legal or not.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Silly me, I just automatically assumed you know having sex with underage prostitutes and paying them, but. Drugs and stuff might be illegal. Oh, we'll find out. Oh, no. Okay. And then lots of good vaccine news this week. Uh, Dr. Doom. I mean, it's hard for him to be doomy. Although we do have to, right? Just put your fucking mask on and put your... He called Laura Ingram an idiot, which was... That was... (laughs) That was like a molly. That was like me taking a molly. That was fantastic.
0: Yeah. What? Well, because Fox
1: is cock-blocking us. We're almost to the end, for God's sakes. We're almost to the end. Wear your mask. Don't open yet get vaccinated just fucking stick it in just tell them to stick it it in in. ah for god's sakes it's yes so dr doom will tell us we are right we got to do this together but it is really good Mm -hmm. news on the uh, right cdc just said it's okay to travel if you're fully vaccinated so i I would i would urge caution i would say don't yet just wait a few more weeks we're almost there Mm -hmm. for Fox wait, wait
2: until there's no longer a surge. Wait until yes. everybody's going down. Right. Please. Excuse me. Yeah. You're not
1: me dirty. <laughs>
2: You're going down. We can all
1: go down. <laughs> Maybe you can wait until <laughs> it, it, go, it goes down. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. What did Dana Goldberg say this week? Oh, uh, um, Matt Gates is the Eric Trump of Jeffrey Epstein's.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: How fucking dumb do you have to be to pay an underage prostitute with fucking Apple pay, you moron?
2: Uh, I'm Eric.
1: <laughs> I'm Matt. How can anybody with that big a forehead not be a more Looks like he has an anvil in it with a Bob's Big Boy wig on top. Yes. Oh God. Uh, oh God. Oh God. All right. So we—it's it's a fantastic happy hour. Enjoy, yep. Doctor Doom and uh, Legal Lady Barb McQuaid Get it. Get it. Get your face up in Okay, Dr. Doom being doomy on uh, Twitter as he does. We are not out of the woods. We may be facing a dangerous new phase. Get vaccine now. Avoid internet and social media BS. Keep up the mass distancing, etc., etc. Please trust me and uh, pass this on. Pass it on. And I will yes. take your questions. Well, he, that's it's time for my telehealth visit before my vaccine today. Uh, if I'm going to get bad news, I want it from him because he's very handsome. Dr. Irwin had let us now. MSNBC medical expert this now. Dr. Doom, he's
2: leading us through the gloom. <laughs>
0: Dr.
1: Erwin Bredlener. And now he, Dr. Enters Dr.
2: he became Dr.
1: Doom. He him Dr. Erwin Bredlener is the founding Dr. director Dr. of the National Dr. Center Dr. for Disaster Preparedness Dr. and senior Dr. research scholar.
2: Dr. Doom.
1: Oh, the longest jingle ever. So many credits. Hi, good morning, Dr. Doom. How-
2: <laughs> good morning, Stephanie and crew. How are you all? It's Hello. vaccine
1: day. Mama's getting her yeah. first shot today. It's very exciting. I'm uh one. Go- yeah, I think I'm and you said your team Moderna. I'm flashing my gang sign. Chris is Pfizer. I think I'm
2: getting a uh, Moderna, mm-hmm. but you, you got Probably. Moderna? I got Moderna yeah. and my wife got uh Pfizer. Oh, so you have and- vaccine
1: rap wars in your own house. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we do, we do. Believe me, it's like uh, you know, Mary Madeline and Car James Cargill It's like <laughs> right. it's kinda <laughs> we're, we're struggling through this. But uh, actually, really, some people should get whatever they can get yeah. as soon as they can get it. That's that's so, the guiding principle here.
1: Let, yeah. let me ask a couple of questions, because actually, there's been seems like some really good news lately, right, from uh, various studies. I mean, Fauci yesterday saying vaccines are offering protections against the new variants. And the other study that came out talking about people like Chris and I that have had it, our T cells yeah. are also protecting against variants. So that's really hugely good news, isn't it?
2: yeah it's usually good news it is and uh we're just hoping that we don't get other variants i don't mean to be doomy here but the fact of course that the of course you the would longer, say longer yeah the longer this goes on uh the more possibilities there are there are for uh new virus uh modifications or mm-hmm. mutations and that that's something we want to stay ahead of and that's really what the race is that people keep talking about Will the yeah. vaccines be able to keep up with any new variants that come along? And so far, so good. Well, uh, so let me, but-, but like I said, we're not out of the woods.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why it's, ex- well, we'll get into all that, exactly the wrong time to reopen. But so, but yeah. explain this to us, because this isn't about antibodies that we've heard about. It's about T-cell response, right? Fauci said there's two mechanisms protecting against variants, Correct. a high tier of Correct. antibody and a T-cell response. Um, he cited a paper just published, showed that individuals who have been vaccinated have a T-cell memory response against variants, not just against the virus, they've been vaccinated against. Um, so... Uh, yeah, they are. But anyway, uh, where I was going to say and then skip to a critical component known as T-cells. That, uh, people that have already had it, the T-cell response mm-hmm. to COVID in individuals uh, infected with the initial viral variants appears to fully recognize the major new variants identified in the UK, South Africa and Brazil. So I'm going to my point yeah. is I'm going to have superpowers after I have my from having COVID, my T-cells and then my new ones from today's vaccine. Correct?
2: Correct. You're, you're going to be fully armed. And in some ways, better than people that never had, uh, that never had the disease, and that is. So your point thing. is, it's I'm very better very than idiot.
1: everyone else already. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh my
2: God! Oh no! Don't no, tell. Her you that. know, I shouldn't have said that, Chris. Why did <laughs> yeah, I say that? It's, like, <laughs> it's going to be impossible for you guys the next couple of days. Now, I, I yeah. Know i'm gonna
1: bring in a golden lasso and all right um Uh one quick question because you know for those of us that have had it and are going to get vaccinated whether it's you know today or soon so because i know i know everybody's different in terms of reactions but i had heard because you know you hear this stuff anecdotally that's why i always want to ask you that they're saying people that have had it could have a stronger you know more side effects i mean not you know horrible but but They were saying that if the stronger your immune system is or if you've had it, you could have worse side effects, which is not necessarily something to worry about. But what's your take on that?
2: Yeah. So the side effects that people are talking about are the kind of reactions to uh, the vaccine injection that include uh, arm soreness that could go on, some fatigue, just feeling lousy. your own chris had uh, some symptoms related to yeah. uh, back and neck pain but the point here is that those symptoms go away they're not serious yeah. they're not to be worried about they're just to be tolerated for 24 mm-hmm. hours or so and uh, and i think that you know the, all the information is not in yet but the fact is that there are all kinds of interesting twists to uh getting the shot if you've already had the disease uh, most people have no, particularly different response, but some people do have what you're talking about, and uh, whatever. I just don't think it's anything to worry about. So, actually, then I, I heard some people deterred, that have ha-
1: you know. no, of course, but I've heard some people that have had it actually have a worse response to the first shot. Is that have, is that uh,
2: that I don't know. No, I did okay. not yeah. hear that. Okay. Yeah. Every, every, yeah,
1: everybody's different, yeah. and you really can't predict if you're going to have a reaction or yeah. not. It's yeah. just just get yeah. it, do it, stick it in, okay? Get it, um, stick it in. How about stick it in? She's our our vaccine ambassador, Margaret Cho.
2: Stick it in! Just stick it in. (laughs) I... I, am, I can't comment. Okay, yeah. yeah. doctor, don't comment on that. It's a clini- It's a clinical.
1: It's a clinical thing. Uh, yeah, okay. exactly. So, yeah. Uh, this must just warm your heart to have an administration that listens to facts and science and adjusts. Uh, the White House coronavirus team reiterated they are now accelerating the nation's vaccine drive. now expecting 90% of American adults will be eligible by April 19th, ahead of an earlier target of May. Uh, Andy Slavitt said we're facing an accelerating threat. We've accelerated the response even more. Because, you know, what is your take, Doc? Are we in a fourth surge, right? We tallied over 63,000 new cases daily over the past week. Only five states have seen declines in new infections. Um, I think yeah. I saw it's up to 30 states have seen increases now. Um, yeah. It could be in the yeah. early stages of a fourth wave um, with coronavirus increasing. It was 25 states now, I heard yesterday, up to 30 states.
2: Yeah, What is your take, So, doc? Well, unfortunately, I, I think we're gonna see a significant surge. Uh, of number of cases may not be uh, getting back to the level of fatalities that we had when they were peaking at 4,200 or so per day. we're now down to 1,000, 1,500 per day. Maybe it'll go up to 1,800, 2,000, which is a horrible thing if you think about it. Yes, it's better than it was, but that many fatalities in a single day is still something to be concerned about. But here's what I think is happening. So as we have relaxation by states, like Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, of the guidelines for wearing masks and so on, and Texas has gone even a step further, which I'll mention in a second. But but when you have that and you have uh, fraternity parties, you have uh, spring break, we're setting ourselves up for a new and potentially very rough surge. Uh, unfortunately, I think this is uh, you know we're far from this is far from over, and this is why we have to stay vigilant. But what I was saying about Texas, if I might, so. Uh, You know, baseball season is upon us Um, and Texas has decided that unlike all the other states and baseball teams, they were going to allow full occupancy of the stadium for the Texas Rangers, uh, which is really crazy. It's 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 the governmental equivalent of spring break. You know, it's like it's reckless. It's stupid. And I think there's going to be consequences that the governor of Texas is going to have to answer for in some way or another. But uh, yeah, it's distressing.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the president was asked about this yesterday on uh, ESPN, and he just said, I think it's a mistake. They should listen to Dr. Fauci and the scientists and the experts. Mm -hmm. I think it is not responsible. Um, He uh, noted how many countries in Europe have had to return to knockdowns after premature reopenings. He said, I don't know why we don't just follow the science. I mean, Doc, it couldn't be clearer to me that it is too soon restaurants, bars, gyms, sporting goods, tra- sporting stadiums, traveling. I mean, and we're so close, as Dr. Walensky said. I Crying is not normal for the head of the CDC, right? No. <laughs> Saying I'm scared no. and I feel an impending sense <laughs> no. of doom. First of all, I'm like, she's stealing Dr. Doom's act. She literally said doom. Yeah. But I mean, it, this is, you know, you were quoted in this thing about New York, about why is it surging in New York? And you said... You made some good points. You know, no one knows exactly why. There's a lot of factors in New York. Population density, lots of people who are in marginalized uh, populations or living in poverty. All those factors tends to exacerbate spread and reduce access to vaccines. But so uh, coronavirus cases rose 64% in New York last week.
2: Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. And there may be some variants that we don't know about. I mean, we're not doing a great job of uh, right. figuring out when we have variants. Well, That's called the genomic surveillance. I just was going to quote you yeah.
1: to you. Right. The esteemed epidemiologist, Dr. Redliner says. Who's <laughs> um, not an
2: epidemiologist, but go but, ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah, there could yeah. be yeah. but variants
1: that you haven't identified yet in, in New York is what you're saying, correct?
2: Yeah. 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 No. And we just don't know enough about what's floating around out there in terms of where the virus development and the virus uh, mutation. So, yeah, it's still a mystery. We will unravel it. I also said and uh, but just we have not done that yet. And and uh, and and look, we're just in this like we're saying before, Stephanie, we are we are on the cusp of another major outbreak or surge. And that's something we do have to worry about. It It's really, really concerning, which is why Dr. Walensky at the CDC is pleading with people to stay the course, don't give up, yeah. keep going, we're not back to normal.
1: Well, and somebody, you know, some of it is just the stuff that you and everybody, every other expert keeps warning about in terms of New York, more New York residents are interacting inside buildings, given increased access yeah. to indoor dining and group fitness classes. It's just too soon. So some of the stuff, and, and like you say, in New York, everybody's packed together so much more anyway. But, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so here's what must just make you insane, because I know it makes me insane. But uh, the headline is, Laura Ingram calls warnings of COVID surge a disinformation campaign. I mean, Fox is doing their level, level best to kill everybody. I mean, I... She furthered Fox's, she furthered Fox's unfounded attacks on Dr. Fauci, that CDC and other health experts dismissing their warnings about a COVID surge. She said that the experts' disinformation campaign is ongoing about COVID, even after vaccines. the uh, The variants, the variants are coming. The mutations, gloom and doom. I mean,
2: wh- why yeah, so, uh, is okay? If I on. could be so bold, you know, Laura Ingraham is an idiot, <laughs> and her prom. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't. Is that a, a clinical diagnosis?
1: Yes.
2: To. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's a clinical diagnosis. And what's the problem with it is it's not that she's saying stupid things that are ignorant and unprovable and inaccurate. The problem is that she's exacerbating and concretizing people's feelings of resistance about getting the vaccine. She's creating loss of confidence in these very important recommendations. The problem here is that if she undermines the message enough, and gets people to sustain their uh, their uh, disbelief of government officials and they don't get their vaccines, we won't get the herd immunity. And if we don't get the yeah. herd immunity, which is, you know, at least 80 percent of the population getting vaccinated, that means we'll be continuously susceptible to surge after surge. So she's dangerous.
1: Yeah, she's and, dangerous. And like like and Governor
2: have new- it in Texas. There's this people yeah. that are just making it worse and making our future more uncertain about all this and and meanwhile she's going against her own company because in order to walk into the fox news studios and offices you need to wear a mask you need to be tested you need to show a negative test within the last two hypocrites they're
1: hypocrites well listen let's get to the good news real quick we never have you long enough um the Biden administration is mailing a coalition of community, re- religious and celebrity partners to promote COVID shots as it seeks to overcome vaccine hesitancy. Um, it's the We Can Do This campaign. I love it. Uh, f- television, social media ads are also relies on community cores of public health, athletic faith and other groups to spread the word about the safety and efficacy of vaccines. Yeah. Because this is the good news, Doc, and I'm sure you've seen this, is vaccine I hesitancy is yeah. dropping So despite the Fox News' of the world, the numbers of Americans who say they won't or are reluctant to get vaccinated continues to shrink. Um, 61% of U.S. adults said they've either gotten their first dose already or are eager to get the shot, up from 47% in January. Um, Estimated, right, and as you said, we need 70 to 90% to get, you know, to uh, her immunity. Yep. Um, there was an especially sharp rise. This is great news in the percentage of black Americans who said they will get vaccinated. It's now at 55%. Overall, 20% of perso- respondents said they won't get vaccinated at all or only if required by work or school. Um And again, you know, in Republicans and white evangelical Christians, uh, still overrepresented in, in the group, another 46% of Republicans said they have or will get vaccinated versus 79% of Democrats. But... I love that the Biden administration is targeting that, that, okay, people trust more their local, you know, pharmacist, pharmacist, doctor, whatever. um, And they're most likely to be swayed by local community and medical encouragement to get vaccinated rather than messages from politicians. And I love that they're reacting to that and they're surging vaccines in that way. Right.
2: Yes, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, The caveat here is that. um, I, I think we will make tremendous progress in those communities, the underrepresented minorities, communities uh, in low income areas. And mm-hmm. that is all good. And the, the Biden administration strategy here is unbelievable. It is the dream strategy that we were hoping for uh, back in the Trump days. Of course, we never would have gotten that. But now we have it. It's fantastic. What I'm more worried about are the people that are listening to Laura Ingram and, uh, and others like her and are looking at those kind of messages like from Laura Ingram that they're seeing on social media. And it depends on how many people are gonna be falling into line with her way of thinking. And that's what really represents the threat of not getting too hurt. But the other issue, which I wanna just quickly mention, Stephanie, is that in order to get herd immunity, we also have to have children vaccinated. Yes. And we have, you know, Pfizer just released a report that they had very effective, uh, very great results. Yes. Of, uh, you tweeted about that. At, of,
1: yeah. Yeah, 12
2: I, I, to 15 year olds. That, that's fantastic. But uh, if we're going to get to 80%, we really do have to have our children uh, vaccinated as quickly as possible. So,
0: just listen, know, doctor, Dr. a
2: note, Dr. Redmiller is a
1: world renowned pediatrician. Go ahead, doctor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you are. Okay. okay. I, I can find my train of thought again. I no, problem. Uh, we're, no, I should say <laughs> we really do have to get our, our, our kids vaccinated, and hopefully we will. And listen, at the end of the day, the Biden administration has been unbelievably effective. Yeah. Listen, they're going to reach 200 million uh, doses out there and administered very, very shortly. They were originally talking about 100 million doses the first 100 days. They're going to surpass that by a long shot yeah. it, it's it's incredible and every new it's study
1: incredible. is is uh, as you say is encouraging pfizer also saying they know vaccine protection lasts at least six months after the second shot i mean it's just a, things yeah. that we didn't know for sure but uh and and that it's covering variants i mean it's all good news but as you say your final warning you say we have this continuing story of recklessness from some governors who are opening too early vaccine resistors are extremely worrisome covid variants that have behaviors that are unpredictable these all represent a major threat to us that's what's concerning there's still so many ifs you know we all are like oh my god i'm gonna fit chris and i are both gonna have probably full immunity by around you know may first or so because you know different schedules Mm -hmm. for pfizer and moderna but you know it depends on all of our other fellow humans here right behavior and It vaccine. certainly
2: does it certainly does
1: yeah so anyway listen to yep. dr doom he's world renowned damn it and by the way <laughs> yeah I, I will be insufferable next week by the time you talk to me oh I'm boy vaccinated oh, and boy. have natural yeah. antibodies so
2: all right oh, boy. <laughs> this friday appearance is a lot more exciting for some reason but okay <laughs>
1: it's vaccine day weekend all right love yeah. you doc. love you dr doom take see take you care, guys next. Okay. Thanks, doc. Bye, everybody.
2: bye-bye bye doc, bye, doc.
1: I forgot to ask Sean to have, uh, I don't know, Patrick Swayze, somebody from Red Dawn screaming, Wolverines! <laughs> <laughs> University of uh, Michigan law professor, former prosecutor, just all-around awesome uh, uh, podcast star from Sisters in Law, Barb McQuaid joins us. Hey, yeah. Barb.
0: Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Go Great Wolf- to see you. Go Wolverines. Let's just Thank start you. with that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, so you are here to be the adult supervision of our Matt Gates. uh Coverage. So thank you for <laughs> elevating the conversation already just by being here. Okay.
0: Happy to give it a try. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just, just the headlines uh, on media. Why is Matt Gates being investigated for sex trafficking? I'm going to go out on a limb without any legal training and say, because he likely is guilty of sex trafficking. But I don't, okay. I mean, this case, is this not the weirdest case you've ever comment, commented on? I mean, it's just all of the elements of it.
0: It, it is weird. I mean, number one, you know, sex trafficking is a very serious crime. Mm-hmm. And when it involves someone as prominent as a congressman, that makes it alone a very significant story. But then it's got this weird angle, as you've mentioned, about this allegation of extortion. Um, and of course, we only know about the investigation into Matt Gates from Matt Gates himself. So right. I think there's a lot more information yet to uh uh, to be learned about what what is going on here
1: yeah I'm not even I, I hang around with a lot of you lawyers I'm not one but I even I was like oh my god shut up and get a lawyer what is he doing <laughs> Crazy. Right, implicating Tucker Carlson he I mean Tucker Carlson now is going to have to be interviewed isn't
0: he by the FBI I mean uh I think so because he talks you know I I, I don't know what he was trying to suggest there the other night but he did seem to suggest that Tucker Carlson had met the person involved in the mm-hmm. crime. You know, there's. I'm sure that whoever's investigating this case knows a whole lot more than has already been revealed, and they can make a decision about that. But I think that is very much a possibility because of the things that Matt Gates said on air the other night about Tucker Carlson and his wife being present with uh, the subject of this investigation and having met her. So possibly he has brought Tucker Carlson into uh, into the case in that way. Well,
1: uh, give us uh, Sean, give us number six. This is uh, Andy McCabe, of course, former uh, FBI,
0: you know, 21 years of opening and overseeing and conducting investigations. I can tell you that nobody opens a sex trafficking investigation uh, in which the subject is a sitting member of Congress without having a significant uh, you know, degree of information. Um, In this case, it's likely that some of that information came from the prosecution of this associate of uh, Congressman Gates, uh, Joel Greenberg. But that's that's hard to tell at this point. But in any case, I can assure you the FBI doesn't open these cases lightly and they don't get briefed to the attorney general uh, without some uh, significant momentum behind Mm. them.
1: I mean, that's why this, you know, the usual suspects, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and whoever his, you know, people defending Matt Gates are calling witch hunt. How do you say that, Barbara? This is the Trump Justice Department. I mean, the Trump Justice Department generally only punished Trump, you know, enemies and and helped Trump friends. So how do you even spin that? Right.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll add to what Andy McCabe said there. You know, he he sees it from the FBI perspective. I saw it from the DOJ perspective, which is, you know, the lawyers involved in opening a case like this. and. Um, Similarly, a case like this, because it is a member of Congress, does not get opened lightly. It would require approval at the highest levels of the Justice Department. So that would get shared with the deputy attorney general in this instance because of the separation of powers issue and the political implications. You know, you don't have just, uh, you know, Joe, assistant U.S. attorney in Florida, open a case like this. This gets briefed all the way up to the highest levels uh, so that they can put a stop to anything that might be perceived as inappropriate politically motivated or even perceived as such uh and so i, I agree with with uh, andy mccabe there that there was a great level of of care and attention paid to a case like this to open it
1: so but let's talk just briefly because we have a lot of other legal stuff about the um, this what, I, I don't even know doesn't it sound more like a pay for play than a, a extortion it sounds like that he is already was separately being investigated for child sex trafficking and then this wild thing about his I'm almost certain you're not supposed to blurt out that your dad's wearing a wire. But anyway, <laughs> national oh TV. God. But but I mean, something to do with, I mean, it's almost like it's a, oh, if you give us money for this thing, then we'll, we will stop the uh, legitimate investigation into your child trafficking. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like,
0: is, can you explain that weirdness? The whole, ext- is the extortion claim? I, I I don't know that I can explain it because the facts that we know so far don't really quite add up. But at, based on the facts that we know so far, there were some private actors who approached the Gates family about providing some assistance um, to find mm-hmm. someone who is has been you know gone missing in the Middle East. Um, and it, it is very quite, quite possibly true that both things are are true. That Matt Gates is being investigated for sex trafficking, and someone was seeking assistance in this other matter. But um, the facts are very sketchy, and it sounds like it is not uh, legitimate authorities that were asking his father to wear a wire, but private actors who may have duped them into believing that their assistance would result in ending this investigation. Maybe they have the ability to end the investigation, but it doesn't seem likely. That's really not the way it's not, the FBI works. It's not a
1: current DOJ official, Barb. It's somebody that's what it right. wasn't even a position to extort. I mean, it seems to me like he admitted, like, I'm guilty of child sex trafficking. But this guy said he can make that go away. I mean, it's just the whole thing is is extraordinary. I, I, I yeah, mean,
0: I, mean yeah. I think one possibility is that. Uh, you know, there has been rumor in recent days also that Matt Gates was considering resigning from Congress to take a job at Newsmax. Yeah. It may be that he knows that this information is coming out into the public domain soon about allegations of sex trafficking. And he was trying to do what, you know, people in the public domain do and get ahead of it by, you know, disclosing it on your own terms, uh, trying to portray yourself as the victim as opposed to the perpetrator. And that seems to be what he was trying to do uh, with Tucker Carlson, but uh, it, it doesn't seem to have been mm. executed particularly yeah. well, and this uh, you know extortion story, it possibly seems to be more of a distraction than uh, a defense. But yeah. um, you know, when you are someone in, in the public eye like that, you know. Mo- I, most lawyers would give any any of us who found ourselves in legal trouble to just keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything because I, anything right. you say can be used against you and might be inconsistent with other facts that you learn about later. So just be quiet. But yeah. when you are someone in the public domain, like a member of Congress, you have to think not only about your uh, success in a court of law, but also your portrayal in the court of public opinion. And so I think that um, you know he was trying to get ahead of this story yeah. uh, to protect his own reputation. And sometimes it's just a matter of having alternate talking points out there so that yeah. people who are inclined to defend him have something to say.
1: Right. You can just do the same witch yeah. hunt, both sides do it thing. I Listen, mm-hmm. I hate yeah. I hate Matt Gates. And my first thought was, oh, shut up and call Barb McQuaid. What's wrong with you? Get a good lawyer. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, give me um, cut seven. We were just talking off the air about the Derek Chauvin trial and how Really emotional and wrenching. This is even for the witnesses. This was Charles McMillan yesterday, uh, a witness. Mr.
2: McGon, wait a minute. <laughs> oh my Oh, <God. sighs> oh, so
1: well, just give you a moment, Mr. McDonough. I'm not sure if there's water as well. Oh. If you need a break to get some water, let me know and we can a break. Wow. I mean, Barb, we were saying many of these witnesses, uh, it's just the empathy and the, I mean, the stark difference is the empathy and the guilt they're showing as opposed to Derek Chauvin's complete lack of remorse. Right. right. I mean, isn't right. that. I mean, it's wrenching to watch, but isn't that, you know, a, a, a dichotomy that, that plays in favor of the prosecution?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think this is one of the reasons that prosecutors uh, prefer guilty pleas to trials because it forces witnesses to relive the trauma that they went through. And, you know, a man lost his life and these people watched it. You'll hear many of them say how they have, they're racked with guilt yeah. uh, because they couldn't, they didn't do more to help George. You heard several of the witnesses say that, and I'm sure they have relived this moment and to, you know, to have to watch the video again uh, in this setting where all eyes are on them is, Mm -hmm. is, is gotta be incredibly traumatic for all of them. Um, And, and yes, I think that, um, you know, we haven't heard from Derek Chauvin or these other officers. And I don't know that we will, because he certainly has a right to remain silent and not to testify at trial. Uh, But the way he appeared that day with, you know, the hand in the pocket I think um, was yeah. a particularly bad look. Uh, he was expressionless, other than you know, asking people to get back and, and get away. Um, it does uh, appear to be very cold. But you know, one thing I want to say, and not about Derek Chauvin—I don't know what was going through his mind—and this trial will determine that. But I have friends who are police officers, and um, I have seen them go through trauma, and one of the. Um, things we've done wrong in this country, I think for too long, is to expect police officers to show up at the scenes of bloody fatal accidents or murder scenes or horrific child abuse and then just go back to work the next day as if nothing happened. We saw that with the the two officers at the Capitol who committed suicide. They're humans Mm -hmm. who also go through trauma. And I think we don't do enough in this country to attend to the mental wellness of police officers. And I think that contributes sometimes to the problem we have with officers who respond with excessive force. I think it's something that we should pay more attention to going forward, make sure officers are well enough to go back on the streets and deal with these very delicate and uh, potentially fatal interactions with citizens. And and
1: I got to say, Barb, I have a friend who works with veterans, and that is a a thing with PTSD with veterans, too, and I think sometimes ties into this whole uh, masculinity. Yeah. Thing issue that we have with, you know, and frankly, all the mass shooters that are that are uh, that are men that have But I think there is a whole like larger issue there that you that you're really smart to bring up about just, you know, men feeling like it looks weak for them to get help. And then the degree of sort of toxic masculinity we have tied in with whether it's policing, guns, violence, etc. Right.
0: Yeah, I think that police departments need to consider, uh, you know, mandatory uh, counseling after people have been involved in a situation Mm -hmm. with trauma, um, helping them raise awareness. I have an officer who's a friend who's an officer who's retired now, who does training on officer wellness based on his own experiences of uh, experiencing trauma and being expected to get out there the next day, and you know, only later realized how much. Baggage he was carrying around as a result yeah. of that, and trying to uh, raise awareness and provide training uh, to police departments about about this issue.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, um, let's because I was let's turn legally to this case. The two Capitol police officers who filed a civil suit against Trump for mm-hmm. physical and emotional injuries they suffered as a result of the January sixth riot. Um, they quoted Trump's words leading up to the riot, including his baseless claims of voter fraud and the assertion Democrats are trying to steal the election. The suit demands which I thought found this surprising, Barb, an award of only $75,000 for each officer for each of the five alleged counts against Trump, which are uh, directing assault and battery, aiding and abetting assault and battery, directing intentional infliction of emotional distress and violating DC statutes by against incitement of a riot and disorderly conduct. Um, Why the monetary number so low, do you think?
0: My guess is that is the jurisdictional limit in that case, the, 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 the bottom, the floor that you can't file in that particular court unless the damages equal that. So oftentimes you'll see that in a lawsuit that somebody is just seeking whatever that bare minimum is, and then the proofs at trial will uh, demonstrate the precise losses. So that's just a jurisdictional requirement to get themselves into court, and then that number will become more precise as time goes on. So I, I doubt that that's the final number that they would be seeking. And Barb, what are
1: the chances, do you think, legally, he Trump is going to you know pay a consequence
0: civilly or criminally for the January 6th uh, insurrection well i think these civil cases are actually much stronger than the criminal case you know you may remember the old o j simpson case where I he just was gonna, at the i criminal- was
1: just going to say we're in LA out here in o j land and yeah. the whole like yeah. civil criminal bar of uh, evidence and such yeah
0: yeah and so uh, you know when i was working in the us attorney's office there were certain cases that uh, you know, we looked at that could be brought criminally or civilly or both, and our civil attorneys would frequently remind me of you know the four most beautiful words in the legal system, which are preponderance of the evidence, which is a much lower standard than guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, guilt beyond a reasonable doubt to take someone's liberty is a very very high standard, and it should be. Preponderance of the evidence means just fifty-one percent. I'm a little more sure than not. You know, than and um, even though the gist of the legal claim is very similar to uh, what could be pursued if there were criminal charges, the likelihood of persuading a jury in a civil case is much stronger. And, and consequently, the likelihood of someone simply uh, paying some money to resolve it and settle it also goes up. And so it could very well be that some of these civil suits are able to do what the criminal law is not in holding uh, President Trump accountable. But, okay. you know, we'll have to see as those cases proceed.
1: Finally, what, what criminally, which velociraptor might get Trump first? New York, Georgia? <laughs> what do you think?
0: It, it seems to me that based on the tea leaves, and of course we don't know all the facts, but um, the things that uh, have been pursued by Cyrus Vance in New York, who is a very serious and good lawyer, you know, and, and I, I, as are all of these people, um, but... He has been so dogged in pursuing these tax records uh, and has hired um, some very good and experienced people to pursue this. It makes me think that there's some there there. Yeah. Uh, you know, His case has reached uh, a sufficient level of development um, that makes me believe that he thinks it's a serious case. And so, uh, you know, the likelihood that there is some improprieties based on the things we know about Michael Cohen, who pled guilty and was convicted of fraud, Uh, the reference of President Trump as individual one in a DOJ document um, as a pretty strong indicator that there's some good evidence there. So it seems to me that's the one that is uh, is most likely uh, to come to fruition at some point.
1: I have indicated by a certain finger that Donald Trump has always been number one with me, Barb, but we won't get into that. I agree with all of your analysis today as a former U.S. attorney myself just kidding april yes. april fools i'm just a comedian that tells art <laughs> jokes but you came on my show and that made it all, yeah. all the better go uh, wolverines and uh, listen to sisters-in-law yeah. the wildly popular new podcast thank you barb always a thanks definitely uh, always a pleasure Th- thanks,
0: thank Mark. you thanks chris have a great day okay. all right. bye-bye